First Chronicles. We'll be in chapter 17. People around the world are uh, fascinated with the Jews. Uh, many are hating them, trying to kill them, and others are getting DNA tests to see if they're part of the I'm so sorry. I slipped. That was embarrassing. And this, the story of the Bible and mankind is about the blood, the bloodline as it works its way down. And this is one of the reasons that the genealogy of Jesus is recorded in the Bible. As we prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, we step into the lives of his parents and their genealogy. Last week we looked at Rahab, who was an unlikely woman to be in the bloodline of Jesus. This week we'll be looking at the blood. And we're going to drill down on what many skeptics of the Bible call a contradiction, a mistake, a boo-boo. There are two genealogies of Jesus in the Bible, and they aren't the same. Is this a mistake? Or is this a plan of God? Or is there something that, that God wants us to know here? But, but first, before we read to the genealogies, I want to set the foundation, and that's where we were in 1 Chronicles 17, verses 11 through 14. Should be just about there, right? Yep, When your days are fulfilled, that you must go to be with your fathers. So this is God speaking to David, King David, and the... Uh, the reason this conversation was brought up is because David wanted to build a temple for God. But God said no. And he says, I will establish... Well, let me start from the beginning. When your days are fulfilled that you must go to be with your fathers, that I will set up one of your descendants after you who will be of your sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build for me a house. And I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. And I will not take my loving kindness away from him, as I took it away from him who was before you. But I will settle him in my house and in my kingdom forever, and his throne will be established forever. This is what we call the Davidic covenant. God was making this covenant, and... It's important to be aware of this as we look through the genealogy leading up to Jesus, his covenant with David. Um, he, he promised that the Messiah, who would be the son of David, would reign forever on Jerusalem's throne. And what we read here today is the fifth element of the Davidic covenant. Um, if you want to look in 2 Samuel 7, 12 through 16, uh, later on, that is a little more information on that covenant. So that's our background. That was back in 1000 BC. Turn with me now to Matthew. We're familiar with this. This is something that we read every year in the Christmas story. But you'll notice... Um, and if you don't notice, we'll 
we'll bring it up to you. There's there's a problem in this genealogy. There's a question like, you know, there's something I read in the Old Testament that kind of crops up in this genealogy. And what is it? <coughs> All right, are you there? Matthew 1, and we'll begin with verse 6. Jesse was the father of David the king. So remember last week we were dealing with Rahab. Um, and get down. Jesse was the father of David the king. David was a brother, the father of Solomon by Bathsheba, who had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah. Abijah was the father of Asa. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat the father of Joram. And Joram the father of Uzziah. Uzziah was the father of Jotham. Jotham the father of Ahaz. And Ahaz the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. Manasseh the father of Ammon. Ammon the father of Josiah. Josiah became the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. Verse 12. After the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah became the father of Shealtiel. And Shealtiel, the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the father of Ebihud. Ebihud, the father of Eliakim. Eliakim, the father of Azor. Azor was the father of Zadok. Zadok, the father of Akim. Akim, the father of Eliud. Eliud, the father of Eleazar. Eleazar, the father of Matthian. Matthian, the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph. Now we're closing in. The husband of Mary, by whom Jesus was born. It was called the Messiah. That's how we arrive at Jesus. But getting back to Jeconiah in verse 11, there's a problem. There's a question. There's a puzzle to be solved. Jeconiah, back in Jeremiah 22, God pronounced a, a blood curse. On Jeconiah. He said that none of your sons will be profitable in the throne of David. And yet he had seven sons. And here we are, we're reading the genealogy and it's going through Jeconiah. How is it possible that the genealogy continues on past Jeconiah and ends up with the Messiah? I mean, God clearly said in Jeremiah that, you know, your sons, you won't have any sons that reign on the throne. This is called that blood curse. And so what comes up all of a sudden is we realize that Joseph is not the biological father of Jesus. And, and this would seem at first to invalidate this bloodline, this genealogy, and the requirement that Jesus would sit on the throne of David that we just read in First Chronicles. And is this a, an oversight? Is it a mistake? What's going on here? Well, the the genealogy traces right through Jeconiah, but it, it ends up with Joseph. Joseph is not the biological father of Jesus. So that question comes up, and yes, that's the answer. He is not the biological father of Jesus. At our... Had our Lord been the biological son of Joseph, he could not have been successful on the throne of David because of that blood curse 
that God pronounced through Jeremiah in Jeremiah 22. So we see the problem and the solution, but we have to make sense of it. How do we, how do we reconcile this? But since the Messiah, since Jesus came through the blood of Mary, her lineage, and he was fathered by the Holy Spirit, he's not affected by this blood curse. God had it worked out and figured out even before the curse was put on Jeconiah. So let's look at the genealogy of Luke now. So turn to uh, Luke 3. Next slide. And we're going to begin with verse 23. Watch how this goes. Luke 3, beginning with verse 23. When he began his ministry, Jesus himself was about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph. So you notice in both um, Matthew and Luke, it says he was supposed the son of Joseph, or commonly held that he was the son of Joseph. And, and that should be a clue to us that something's going on here. Verse 2, the son of Eli, the son of Matthew, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Jenai, the son of Joseph, the son of Mathathias, the son of Amos, the son of Nahum, the son of Hesme, the son of Nagai, the son of Math, the son of Mathathias, the son of Simeon, the son of Joshek, the son of Jodah. I was torturing myself on picking these scriptures, huh? <laughs> the son of Joanne, the son of Risa, the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the son of Neri, the son of Melchi, the son of Adi, the son of Kosam, the son of Elmadam, the son of Ur. Most of these names are not in that other genealogy we were reading. Something's up here. The son of Eleazar, the son of Joram, the son of Matthat, the son of Levi, the son of Simeon, the son of Judah, the son of Joseph, the son of Jonam, the son of Eliakim, the son of Meli, Melie, the son of Minah, the son of Matthat, the son of Nathan, the son of David, the son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of Solomon, the son of Nashon, the son of Aminadab, the son of Admin, the son of Ram, the son of Hezron, the son of Perez, the son of Judah, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Terah, the son of Nahor, the son of Serub, the son of Reu, the son of Caleb, the son of Heber, the son of Shelah, the son of Canaan, the son of Arphaxad, the son of Shem, the son of Noah, the son of Lamech, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Matthew, the son of Canaan, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. What's interesting about these two genealogies, they're going in opposite orders. And this genealogy, do you realize, did you catch on? It takes us all the way back to the beginning, to creation, the first man and woman. And here it is recorded in the Bible by the Jews for us to have. So that we can believe that God created the heavens and the earth. 
There's no evolution in this genealogy. And this has taken it all the way back to the beginning. If you add up the years of these men's lives, it's not billions of years. Side point, another sermon. So what we have here is we have two genealogies. One is the royal bloodline, and the other one is the blood bloodline. The blood is coming through Mary. The royal lineage is coming through Joseph. But the, you'll notice they both intersect back at David. And Jesus would be king. He would be Lord, he would be the Savior, he would be the Messiah, based on both of these genealogies. Because both of them are needed to fulfill the various prophecies. What you also notice is who is not in here, who is not in these genealogies. Ishmael, the illegitimate son of Abraham, is not in here. Jesus is not reckoned through the genealogy of Abraham because it's Abraham, Joseph, and Jacob. No. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Sorry. Um, and that's how we reckon who God is, who the real God is, and who Jesus is. Um, notice also that Mary is listed as his mother, not the Messiah. And we are not saved through Mary. So these genealogies are pretty important. They really anchor the facts of our faith. In, in Luke, as we just pointed out, this genealogy goes all the way back to the beginning. That's unique to Christianity. No other religion can trace from Jesus back to eternity, back to the beginning. So again, we have the Jews to thank for this, that they recorded these genealogies. Um, you know, when we read some of the Old Testament, it gets pretty uh, monotonous reading all the begats. And yet, maybe today's message kind of opens up your, your thinking to realizing, wow, that was important. God knew what he was doing. So Christmas. Christmas is about eternity. I know we don't hear that very often, but let's... Let's look in that a little bit. Let's think about that. Turn with me to Revelation 20. Yes, it's going to be a Christmas scripture. Revelation 20. Verse 7. When the thousand years are completed, and just to kind of give you the uh, perspective of uh, what we're talking about here, so we're, we're at the near the very end of Revelation. What has already happened by the time we get to this point is Jesus has returned. He's gathered up a church, taken them to heaven. The seven years of tribulation has occurred, gone through all that. Jesus has returned to the earth. And is reigning on the earth with uh, the believers and the Jews for a thousand years. 
This is the millennial reign. So after the thousand years is when we're picking up this story. When the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from his prison because Satan's been held in prison in the abyss for a thousand years. So during that thousand years, we no longer have to mess with Satan. And he will come out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together for the war. The number of them is like the sand of the seashore. And they came up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, Jerusalem. Fire came down from heaven and devoured them. Verse 10. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also... And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne. The books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books, according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead, which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, and if any, this is the verse, the key verse, 15, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> she is such a rascal at times. <laughs> the Messiah came. He was prophesied to come to be the Savior, the Savior of the world. And he's opened up his invitation of salvation to everyone, and everyone um, is able and available to receive and to go into eternal life. But we see that there's this event that's going to come in the future. And I think a lot of times as Christians, we, we kind of want to put blinders on and we don't want to look at the future and what's going to happen, the accountability that is going to be there. And we see that this... Um, this book was brought out, and the dead were raised up. It's the second resurrection. They were raised up, and they had to stand before Jesus and answer for their deeds. And our deeds are, are worthless rags. It is only our faith that gets our name written in that book, that book of life. Only our faith. So once that book comes out, for those that are not believers, they were raised up out of hell to stand before Jesus. And the other book is the book of life, the Lamb's book of life. And if your name is found in there, you don't get cast into that fiery lake. Jesus is important. The birth of Jesus is important. That's that court docket. Um, you know how it is when we, well, if we commit a crime and we we have to go to court to stand before the judge. You know, you can envision that. We understand that. 
Um, even if you get a traffic ticket, you have the opportunity to go before that judge. And, you know, your deeds are your judge. So he's going to be looking in the books, and nobody's deeds will measure up. Anybody that has not put their faith in Jesus, when they're standing before him and he's looking at the deeds, you, you won't be able to say, oh, but, you know, I, I gave money to the Salvation Army. I took my dirt, my used clothes, my <laughs> clothes into the thrift store. Sorry, that's not what counts. But we can find our name in that book by one way only, and that is acknowledging that Jesus is our Savior, confessing our sins to him, and receiving him as our personal Lord and Savior. <coughs> uh, I think the things that we, we struggle with as Christians is we see people that um, have surrendered their life to Jesus, but then they're kind of stuck. You know, maybe they're still doing things um, of the world or, or whatever, and we, we question it, but that's not for us to judge. That's God's domain. Um, it says, our faith, the just shall live by faith. So, in Revelation 3, 5, we don't have to go there, but it does say that he who overcomes will be clothed in white garments, and I will not erase his name from the book of life, and I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. So that Remember when we were doing the baptism, we were saying how when we proclaim our faith in Jesus, as he, he's our Savior before other people as witnesses. Jesus says, I will proclaim your name before my Father and his angels there in heaven. So Christmas is about eternity. Christmas did not start and stop on that day where Jesus was born in the flesh, where he came in the flesh. It's about eternity. That's, that's a beginning or even a midpoint. There's so much that comes after that. And there's another book. There's another genealogy that we need to be aware of. And what is that? It's where we are in that genealogy. We, we read the genealogies, it ends at Jesus. But in this book of the life of the Lamb, you keep reading on, and pretty soon, hopefully, I find your name in it. And there was Mark, and there was Adrian, and there was Denise, and Tara, and you know, on and on. That all of our names would be in there, that we, we would become co-heirs and brothers and sisters with Jesus, with his, be his friends. The, the other thing we need to think about is, are we trying to disciple others that their name might be written in that book? And I think that's, that's important. Have we, have we brought someone to the feet of Jesus? Have we discipled someone? There's a, a spiritual genealogy that's built after our faith, after we come into faith, after we're written in that book of the Lamb. There's, there's a spiritual begatting, if you will. You know, so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so. But we, you know, 
did we bring someone to the Lord? And we know, we've talked about it before, it's the Holy Spirit that prompts a person's heart first. We're not going to drag them in and shove them under the water. But the Holy Spirit opens our heart up, and then we're there, and we can um, put the words to the, the spiritual message to bring them to Christ. That their name might be in the genealogy of Jesus, in that book of the Lamb. So, remember Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And, and they said, well, some people said this about you, and others said this about you. And Jesus says, but who do you say that I am? And what's critical about that genealogy and about that question is the Jews who rejected Jesus knew these genealogies. <coughs> the ones in Matthew, the one in Luke. They knew the genealogies, and yet, so many of them refused Jesus as the Messiah. They knew the genealogies. They knew the prophecies. And they, they knew that Joseph um, wasn't Jesus' biological father. Remember how we read in Luke and Matthew, as was commonly held, or as was supposed, the son of Joseph? They knew. But we never see them claiming who else was the Jesus' father, because they couldn't find anyone, and, and they could not agree that the Holy Spirit was the Father, making Jesus the Son of God. And nor did they believe that Mary was divine. So these, these are some of the beliefs that come up, the wrong beliefs that come up out of uh, tradition, and that's why it's important for us to always look back into Scripture to see what does the Bible say about a particular matter. People are intrigued with the claims that Jesus made, whether they believe in them or not. They're intrigued. You know, he, he in so many different times and ways, he's demonstrating, he said, that he is God, that he and the Father are one. He lived on the earth for about... Uh, 33 years, he carried on his ministry for three years, and that was plus or minus 2,023 years ago. And yet, everyone saw then that he was physically died and buried, and he came again to life, and he lives to this day. He is eternal. He was, he was not created on that morning he was born, he was just brought into the flesh. Amen. Prior to that, he lived in heaven with the Father. He's eternal. So he didn't have a birth date on that day. He is eternal. He existed before, came into the flesh. And that's one of the critical things that we as Christians need to believe. That's part of the gospel, that we believe that he came in the flesh. And then that he died, that he shed his blood, that he was raised again three days later. And he is now present in spirit, through the Holy Spirit, in the lives of those who believe in him, those who follow him. So my question is, this year, this Christmas year, this Christmas time, to you, 
Who is Jesus? Is he your king? Is he your Lord? Is he your savior? And I pray that your answer is yes and amen. 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 So, Merry Christmas. Any uh, questions, comments, thoughts before we move to the prayer time? I just, one of the things that I was listening to a pastor was January or something like that, like, um, talk about the Psalms and the Messianic Psalms. <coughs> I had no idea. Like, I forgot exactly which one. Right but, um, like, where they, they said, like, that they would make, like, they would, um, taunt Mary, like, your mother is a, um, your father's drunk, or, you know, like, on the, all of those things. But it talked about how Jesus had brothers and um and sisters. And, and, sisters mm -hmm. and like growing up Catholic that was like, no, like there's just three. That's it. And like there's so many things in reading this reading here, I always thought like, well, if I don't go to confession before I die, I'm gonna go to hell because I don't have like my, my name is written out of the book. And this gives me so much hope and realization that like my Salvation cannot be lost. If Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, that's yeah. it. We're there. Like, yeah. um, and I stick to that. Like, it's it's nice to, to have that confirmation. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it is a big Christmas present. Yeah. And it, it's not words that I'm telling you. Yes. It's right there in the Bible. It's God's word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember saying, yeah. like, these why I'm a little calm. <laughs> I just believe what people told me. Well, that's the way I grew up. Like, and I... But it is, it's, it's really reassuring to know, like, that I'm not going to be cast into the fires. Like, you can't lose that. Like, that's, because it was always precarious. Like, did I do enough? Or did, you know, am I, did I say enough rosaries? Did I, all of those things where it's not, it's not, it's, he loves us. The just shall live by faith. Bring it on away. Jesus was the Savior before he even came to earth. And that's when he was standing in the oven with Daniel's buddies and kept them from burning up. Yeah. And that, that made, uh, who was it? Um, Shadrach, Meshach. Yeah, Shadrach. Yeah. But the, the king of that time, um, Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. That, that, you know, convinced Nebuchadnezzar that God doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. I do have one question. <coughs> so, and when they go in reverse, um, all the way back to Abraham, or to the very beginning. Does that mean that um, Jesus always was? Like, he might have been born here on earth as a baby, but does that mean that Jesus always was? Like, it wasn't like he, when he was born in Bethlehem, that's not when he started. Right. right. Okay. I don't think the genealogy brings that point forward. Um, what these two genealogies together uh, bring out is that very fact that um, his father was the Holy Spirit. It wasn't a human father and impregnated Mary. So he had the blood of Mary and the seed of the father. And so somehow through the seed from heaven, from eternity, he was brought into the flesh. That's why in John 3 it says the only begotten son. 
I don't quite understand why uh, Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man a lot through all that. Yeah, well, he, he does use the terms Son of God, Son of Man. There's a lot of interchangeability. Um, but I think um, maybe one distinction would be, so what we're reading today um, is the Son of God because the Holy Spirit, God, impregnated Mary, but he's the son of man. Um, he, um, when they use son, that title is the oldest, the firstborn son, who's the heir. And so um, Jesus being the son of God is holds that place for humanity, that he's the firstborn son, that he is the heir, that he receives all things from God. Uh, does that help at all? Oh, Anybody else got a better explanation? Because he's both God and man. So sometimes he is referred to in both because he is, he becomes a human, but it's actually shown way back when they were in the wilderness that he was the stone that provided the water. Yeah. Yeah. He was made by God, but raised by man. So then... Basically, Mary was the surrogate mother, right? Was she a surrogate mother? Or was she? No, because he's the son of man. So, I mean, you can call Mary the son, you know, that she's the man, son of man, right? But was... Well, I think man in that term is mankind. Yeah, human. Oh, human. And I feel the same way as you, Eugene, that that's where it comes together. You've got the Holy Spirit and you've got a human. And Jesus, that's you know, way. was in a sense, in my mind, transfigured into that baby. But there he was. He has human while he's here on earth and he has divine spirit. So, son of God and son of man, that's yeah. kind of the way I see it too. Yeah, Emmanuel, he came in the flesh, God with us. Right, right. That helps understand the eternity part. Yeah. I'm still confused since Joseph was the stepfather, why we have the genealogy of Joseph and not of Mary? Because um, that's the royal genealogy, the house of David. Remember we read in the um, covenant that he would be born in the house of David. So you trace the genealogy through David down to Joseph. That's the royal bloodline. He was born in the house of David. He was the son of David. Jesus was. So this is kind of off on maybe a little rabbit hole. So that John, never happens around us. <laughs> John the Baptist. Does he? fit in that genealogy anywhere? I mean, they talk about Mary going to Elizabeth like exactly her aunt, right. I think. Yeah, um, yeah I, but they're not listed in the genealogy. John the Baptist was prophesied to be the forerunner, and in fact, next week we'll be dealing with that one. So maybe we'll have a little more information for you then. Um, just, I don't know if this helps or makes it more confusing, but so my Bible has these different references and it says, um, as son of man, it says the most frequent title Jesus used for himself 
And then it refers to Daniel 7.13. Um, and it goes through, um, it titles it the ancient, ancient of Days and the Son of Man. And he's in his prophecy and at, down at 13. It says, I continued watching the night visions. And I saw one, capital one, like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was escorted before him. He was given authority to rule and glory and a kingdom so that those of every people, nation, and language should serve him. His dominion is everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. So it's also he refers to himself as the son of man because that was a title he was given back in prophecy in Daniel before he was even, you know, birthed on earth in the physical form of a man. I don't know if that... It's a good question, and uh, one that there's a lot to dig into. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, if we're uh, done there, let's go ahead and gather around and pray for one another.